Our second scripture reading today comes to us from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 to 18. Listen for God's word to you today. St. Paul says, Since then we have such a hope, we act with great boldness. Not like Moses, who put a veil over his face to see, to keep the people of Israel from gazing at the end of the glory that was being set aside, but their minds were hardened. Indeed, to this very day, when they hear the reading of the Old Covenant, that same veil is still there, since only in Christ is it set aside. Indeed, to this very day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their minds, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as, through, as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to start off today by saying um, hi to everybody, uh, those who are watching online on Facebook Live and YouTube once again, those listening to this as a sermon podcast later in the week, and of course, you all who are here in person, it's really good uh, to look out and see you today. Um, soon I will see you with an unveiled face. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, this month we are following the lectionary readings, which are these set of uh, common stories and passages from the Bible that are, that are read around the country. And so that's my, my disclaimer, my way of saying I didn't choose these passages to read today. Um, they are a little bit confusing in a way, and so we'll see what God has for us in them. Um, but they are scripture passages that um, thousands of other churches around the country and the world are hearing today. And it seems especially important right now for us to be connected to other people. I say this as we watch the news this week from Ukraine and Russia, as I know you all have been doing, uh, with the ongoing warfare and fighting that we're seeing. We want to be joined in heart and mind and prayer with those who are suffering or fearful or in danger these days. So we are certainly praying for peace in our world and for an end to this conflict. Um, Even if it seems far away, even if you are here and you don't have a direct relationship to that particular conflict in those particular countries, we try to draw close as a sign of care. You know, sometimes we have direct knowledge about things that are going on. Um, You know, we we know something. That's true for those of you who are here today um, who are here in grief because you've lost a loved one. You know what that feels like. Maybe you're in it right now. Some of you might have the direct knowledge of of what it looks like to face a medical procedure or to seek healing in your body and and not to be sure if you can get it. Some of you know that feeling of having lost a job or been at a change point in your career and wondered what the future will hold for you. Others know what it's like to move to a new area, to, to, li- to be living here and feel far from home or far from where you belong or far from what you've known before. And what's this going to be like? Many of you will have direct knowledge of, of COVID and the lockdowns and the changes that it brought to our schools and our businesses and all aspects of our lives. We have direct knowledge about some things. But there's others that we don't know personally. It's not our story. It's not connected to us. I don't know about you, but I don't have a direct connection with Ukraine and Russia. I've never been to those countries. I don't know a lot of people who live there, I don't think. Maybe that's true for you too. 
And yet, we know that we're called to pay attention in time of trouble. We know when someone cries out in pain or fear or with suffering, that is when we tune in. That's when we give our care, our attention, and our prayer. We follow these, the account of what's happening in, in that part of the world, and it's a little bit indirect for us. And yet we show up together as a church in prayer for people uh, in a time of need. So let me give you a picture, a photograph. It might help us think about this uh, idea today. I think it's going to relate to our Bible passage. That's like the um, mental gymnastics we're going to do together. Here it is. Um, it's a father and a son on a roller coaster ride. And um, the kid who's in the front, um, I-, I wonder if he's maybe never been on a roller coaster before, you know. He doesn't know what might happen, how this is going to go, uh, wh- where it might end up. Um, he is freaked out. And then behind him is this dad who knows all about roller coasters. You know, he, he might love roller coasters. He's been on this one before, perhaps. Um, he's there with his hands out. His, he, yeah, he's having a good time. Let's see whose car that might be outside. Um, well, we'll see. Um, both of these two are on the same roller coaster ride. One has direct knowledge about roller coasters, the dad. He's been on it before. He knows some things about it. The other one does not, at least not yet. And so this same experience, this same event is experienced differently. And I want to use this idea, this image, um, as we look at our, our two scripture passages for today. Uh, the first one is from Moses, about Moses. The second one is this teaching from St. Paul. Let's see if we can do it together, okay? Uh, in the story from Exodus 34, Moses goes up Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. And this is the second time that he has gone up there. Remember what happened the first time? He came down with the Ten Commandments. He saw everyone worshiping the golden calf. He threw down those commandments and broke them. He got really mad. Um, then he went back up the mountain, back up to Mount Sinai, where he meets with God a second time. And God gives him these stone tablets, the tablets of the, the law that explain and describe how people can uh, live a life with God. He brings them back down, but when he comes back to the camp and they're camping out, people notice that, Mo- that Moses looks a little different. Something's going on. His face is shining and bright. He's been in the presence of God. He has seen God's glory. It's given him kind of a holy sunburn. And people are actually kind of afraid of this because he looks so different. So Moses uh, adjusts to this. He starts wearing a veil. Whenever he's with God, he takes the veil off, and he sees God with an unveiled face. But then when he's with people, he wears a veil, a mask. We know something about that these days. Moses has direct, uh, personal, ongoing relationship with God. That's why he has that kind of holy glow about him, we are told. But the people in the Bible they don't have that same kind of direct relationship. They have a relationship with God that is mediated through the law and through Moses as their leader. So then, here's the next step, follow me. In 2 Corinthians, St. Paul uh, takes on this same story about Moses and the veil, and he uses that story to to make a point. He says the reason that uh, Moses was wearing a veil was so that the people wouldn't see the glory that was fading it's like when you go to the beach, you know, and you come home and you've got that kind of sunburn, that kind of suntan, your, your skin is kind of really lively and glowing, but then you go into your house for a couple of days, you sit around and that all goes away very quickly, go back to normal. Um, maybe that's how it was. So St. Paul's reasoning here is this, that when Moses would turn toward God, pray to God, be with God, 
He would take the mask off, the veil off. There would be no filter. And Moses got to know God personally in that way. He had that direct knowledge. But then he wore the veil with other people as this sort of symbolic way of saying others don't have that same direct relationship with God. Others don't have that same direct knowledge of God. There was a divide, a dividing line between them. So Paul says that while Moses had this relationship, the other Hebrew people didn't. But Paul's message in the gospel is that that same relationship, that same closeness with an unveiled face is available to us, is available to anybody, is available to everybody in Jesus Christ, where we can actually taste and see that the Lord is good. We can get to know that for ourselves. So Paul is saying that this is now available, that same kind of closeness that Moses had, we can have too. So some of us here today, we might be hearing this, and we're kind of like the dad in that roller coaster ride. You know, uh, you, you're here on a Sunday just like you are every Sunday, right? That's part of your life, or, or nearly every week. Maybe you're here listening to this scripture passage, and you've heard it before. In fact, you might have been one who studied it this Wednesday with Pastor Jack at the Bible study. Maybe you're hearing the songs we're singing, and you can sing along to those songs with your eyes closed because you know all the words. That's some of us. But then for others of us, we're more like the kid in that photo, hanging on, like, what's about to happen? I don't know where this ride is going. I'm new to the faith. I have questions about, about what this means. I'm still figuring things out. Maybe it's been a while since you've been in church, whether online or in person. And so it's like there's this veil, this separation that you can't quite see through to the other side. And here's what I want you to know today. Here's what I want to proclaim and share with you today. In Jesus Christ, that barrier, that dividing line, that veil of separation has been removed once and for all, and it is gone. God's intention is to be with us and to be for us, and that's true. So we are not here today as strangers. We actually come as sisters and brothers in Christ Wherever you are on your own faith journey, wherever you are as you come into worship today, as you seek to turn toward God, as you seek to understand, as you wrestle with your doubts, as you sit with your fears, as you walk through your grief, as you deal with your stress, as you wonder about your future, God's goodness and care are for you already, right now this very day. So how do we take hold of this good news? How do we receive this good news? How do we let it teach us or reach us or help us or hold us? I want to offer a few ideas about that for you today. You know, Moses went to the mountaintop to meet with God up on Mount Sinai, and I don't think it's a surprise that Moses had this experience of God being out in nature, right? That's what Lauren was talking about in her children's message today, the way that being out in nature speaks to us. This is one of the, the great ways we can get to know God personally and have direct knowledge. When we go out into the beauty of creation, we have the, the chance to see in physical form the intricacy, the diversity, the wonder of the natural world, the created world, the world that God makes 
And if you go maybe this weekend or next weekend out into the woods or to the beach or into a, a park nearby, you can do what I do to embarrass my kids. You can sing. You know, we, we sang this morning, um, here I am to worship, here I am to, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God. And when I go out into nature, it's like going to church. Or maybe you can sing like that, that old hymn, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Being out in nature with an open heart is one way that we can get to know God for ourselves. Another way might be through art and creativity. Some of you know that this Lent, starting, next, starting on Ash Wednesday and the next Sunday, we're going to be doing a weekly devotional uh, as a church, and we're going to send it out as a, as a weekly devotional in the weekly email, um, and that's going to connect the artwork of Vincent van Gogh with stories from Scripture. We're going to try and make a connection between the classic artwork of Vincent van Gogh with our experience of God's Word for us. And our preaching will follow that as well. And so when you see an artwork up on the screen, or when you go to a gallery, or when you even create something for yourself, I know some of you are artists, we can also experience God through artwork. It's another way to get to know God. In a couple of weeks, on March 13th, we will have our Mexico Mission Sunday here in worship, as we've talked about, and we'll hear from some of our high school students who are up in the balcony even today, and we will um, hear about their experience uh, building houses in Mexico and camping out and traveling together, singing around a campfire, um, being with a family who has a need for a house and seeing uh, some of of the needs that are in northern Mexico that are on display. We know that serving others, being in service to others, especially those in need, is one great way to get to know God. Uh, After worship on that same Sunday, we're going to have this um, food packing event, 200 lunches, where we'll just pack food for the hungry of San Jose, another way to express our faith together. You know, our mission committee um, here in the church, uh, they are always on the lookout for ways to help us help others, to help our church be a church that serves with the heart of Jesus for the sake of those who, who need it, not because we want to show off or score points or anything like that, but just to express our own faith to build our own faith as we serve. Recently, we started working down, t- uh, down in Willow Glen at a place called Martha's Kitchen, and it's a great um, sort of a soup kitchen, if you will, that makes a hot meal and hands it out, gives it out directly to people who are homeless or hungry. And uh, some, some weeks ago, I, I got to go down there and to be the one at the window, at the door, you know, interacting with the clients, with the people, and it reminded me, this, this experience of serving somebody in need, it reminded me of a, a line from Thomas Merton, who wrote this. He, says, he said, God speaks to us in three places, in Scripture, in our deepest selves, and in the voice of the stranger. And when we are, are in a place of service, of helping, of being in that kind of an environment, it often puts us in a position to speak with strangers, to listen to strangers, to hear from somebody we don't usually interact with. That draws us in. So for some, um, I'm just giving you different examples here. For some, it will be through Bible study or uh, small groups or scripture where God shows up, where God comes alive, where God speaks to us. In our church, we have Bible study groups going almost every single day of the week. It's kind of amazing. And one of the great things about our Bible studies is they do what the, what the, um, the Indian theologian D.T. Niles once said. He said, it's like one beggar telling another beggar where to find some bread. 
That's what happens in those studies. One beggar telling another beggar where to find some bread. We are a community of learners. No one's there wearing the expert hat, at least not every time. But Christ is present when we sit down at the table to open God's word, to read and to listen together. One thing I know is that Sunday morning, Sunday morning, right, is is one of the main ways, probably the main way that most of us experience a a gathering of God's people. It's the main way we experience our church. It's the main way we show up into our life with God. And so, you know, I was talking to somebody on the way, um, uh, this week, rather, uh, about his approach to worship, and he said, worship on a Sunday is my time to sit down, shut up, and listen. Um, I see you back there. Um, Listen to Scripture. Listen to the music, listen to the message, listen to the needs that are raised during the prayer time, listen for God's word to you. In worship, we listen and we respond. You know, I'm not a very musical person, as anyone who hears me sing will know, Um, but I know that the music of our church can be a powerful way that God speaks to us. It can move us. It teaches us the words of faith before we know them. One of the great things about having strong musical leadership in the front is that sometimes um, they say words or sing words that we can't say for ourselves. Sometimes someone is singing next to us and they're, saying, they're singing the faith that we're trying to reach out for. Music in worship is so important for faith formation. So being out in nature, serving others, learning and studying, worship and singing, These are just um, art and artistic expression. These are just some of the ways that we might get to know God for ourselves. I wonder what your way is. Is it one of those five that I've raised up today, or is there another dimension where you get to know God for yourself, direct knowledge? When it comes to the events of the world around us, Ukraine and Russia being a good example, we don't always have that kind of direct connection. We have to rely on the filter of news and media reports. We try to sift through it to see what is real and what it means. But when it comes to our faith in God, we are invited to experience it for ourselves. We have an invitation today, you have an invitation today, to turn or to return toward God, to know that the veil has been lifted and you and I have access to the heart of God the heart of God that is for us and for our world. And so as I close, I want to um, invite you to sing with me on this next song, to listen to the words, to let these words be your words, to let these words be your prayer, to let these words express your faith, so that with unveiled faces, we may come to know God's glory and God's goodness for ourselves once again. So let's stand as we sing together 10,000 Reasons today.